My name is Dr. Nate Shannock. And my name is Merrick Egbert. This is the official podcast of the Els for Autism Foundation for Autism. We call our podcast this because it's a play on our foundation's name, and Merrick and I are both terrible golfers. Although I've never hit a ball through a window or hit a ball to a passing car. So I have to say I'm terrible, but at least I'm not that terrible. But we and love... I've never hit anybody with a golf club. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we love, but we love how golf has become such a transformative tool to helping people with autism. When I'm not part of the podcast, I'm a member of our growing research team. And when I'm not part of the podcast, I'm an administrative assistant filling the gaps of each department like glue. I am also autistic. This is our 32nd episode of the podcast, Kind of Generous. I know that's an Allie Merchant song, but bear with me. With special guest, <laughs> advisory board member, Sue Abramowski, and morning receptionist and fellow self-advocate, Everett Burslow. Both individuals have important roles when we talk about people with disabilities reaching their potential, so make sure to stay tuned for their interviews on part A of the podcast. Also on part A is our foundation news and updates, where you will learn more about what we have been doing as a foundation, what we are doing and what we will be doing. What we hope to do is to present news and updates about our foundation, interviews or feature stories that play a big role with us and with the community as a whole. Speaking of which, for part B, listeners will get to hear our Day in the World of Autism segment, where we posit the news and current events reflective of the world we live in today. Also check our show notes for websites, resources, and other groovy things we would like to have on the written record for all of you four autism fans. But first, here are some news and updates about the foundation. This past Halloween, where we had our Halloween festival, was excellent. We had a lot of individuals show up for the different booths we had there and the different activities, too. Activities included a dunk tank, pie throwing, the shell game, and many more. As part of my service, I ended up putting my volunteer hours to good use by doing two of the messiest and craziest things that one can volunteer for, pie throwing and the dunk tank. The good news is that I placed the pie throwing before the dunk tank. The bad news is that I forgot to bring a change of clothes and the sun failed me on that day. Needless to say, I got dunked five times and fully submerged twice. I'm glad that I didn't bring anything more sophisticated than the cowboy hat. Later that night, I had an excellent warm bath, so no hyperfermia or pneumonia (laughs) for me. Hey, Merrick, I have to ask, did you subsequently get to throw a pie at anybody or were, were you just all on the receiving end i was pretty much on the receiving end <laughs> yeah i don't remember oh. ever really throwing a, i actually encouraged people to throw pies at me i was like there was a person there who wanted to ask me questions about other things and i was like why don't you just throw a pie at me and she ended up doing it <laughs> And I was well, like, yeah, I this is so good. great. This is so great. I hope they were cherry pies. No, they were actually just whipped cream. So <laughs> it was, it, it at least, okay, at least I didn't have color stains on my shirt. It, uh, but I still had stains on my shirt, which uh, sort of got uh, taken off by the dunk tank. Well, all and is the- well as that ends well. <laughs> Yeah, and let's say that I also did a little bit of exercise, too, because getting in and out of that dunk tank was uh, quite a little bit of work. Really had to exercise my upper body strength. Well done, Merrick. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, the next uh, piece is uh, tune into episode 31 to listen to our interviews with advisory board member Katie Santoro, an employment partner with our work experience program. Stephen Logius, CEO of the club at IBIS. They talk about the importance of employing neurodiverse individuals from the perspective of a neurodiverse individual and of an employer who works with us on hiring neurodiverse individuals. Make sure to also listen to the rest of the program to get an idea of what we were doing as a foundation during that time and learn something new about the autism community for our Today in the World of Autism segment. 
and a blog article for November. We serve 22 countries in a variety of different ways. As a companion piece to our article on global outreach, I've decided to write an article about the way we serve these countries in so many different ways, whether it be through our conferences, multi-site presentations, and other purposes. I've written for a while so many different blog articles, including a three-part series on the history of the autism diagnosis, so be sure to check the archives for our newest blog articles, which I will present in our show notes. And on, we will continue our revival of our family fun movie night with showing the Oscar-winning fantastic Inside Out on Friday, November 18th in our open-air courtyard. Our last event was on October 14th where we showed Disney's Hocus Pocus and we were very successful. We'll have Home Alone on Friday, December 16th, so stay tuned for that. So for anyone who is curious, Inside Out was Disney Pixar's attempt at explaining the emotions of a young child, especially when dealing with such a hard situation like moving. In this film, there are a series of emotions represented by characters on the monitor, but the most important being joy. Unfortunately, the girl who has to handle this significant transition loses joy, and it is up to joy to find her way back in an adventure that mirrors how hard it can be to feel like yourself again. Nate, have you seen Inside Out, and what did you think about it? That's a hard, tough, hot question for tonight. Whew. Really uh, here. Well, I have seen Inside Out, but I have to say I haven't seen it in in five or six years. Whenever it first came out in theaters, but I remember I was um, I was very fond of the movie and how it teaches people about the. I'm gonna go psychologist here for a second how it teaches children about the advantages to experiencing the full range of emotions right so the emotions are all there for a reason they all serve some sort of purpose in our lives and so long story long i really did enjoy the movie and the animation was flawless as is usual with pixar Well, I'm, I'm grateful that you uh, feel that way, and I quite enjoyed the movie, too. So uh, this is uh, uh, Siskel and Ebert giving two thumbs up to Inside Out. <laughs> okay. Our next piece is on the micro-business we call Sea of Possibilities. Our premier micro-business currently is associated with some of our clients to our fabulous ADT Adult Day training program who have taken their time along with our fantastic staff and volunteers to create outstanding nautical themed arts and crafts for people to marvel at and purchase called Sea of Possibilities. Our Sea of Possibilities booth makes its appearances all over the county of Palm Beach where the clients of the program help to sell their designs which helps fund our adult services programs and services. I'm an avid buyer of SOP merchandise but I also manage our Facebook page for the program. At the time of this broadcast, Sea of Possibilities will have their booths at Love Street in Jupiter, Florida on Friday, November 18th at 5 p.m. and on Friday, November 25th at the Loggerhead Marine Life Center, also in Jupiter, which starts at 11 a.m. If you aren't able to make it in person, we have an online store that you can look at to consider purchasing items there too. So Thanksgiving for me is a holiday of travel. For my itinerary, I will be visiting Las Vegas and Nevada, Death Valley National Park, and Phoenix, Arizona, where I will be seeing cousins from both sides of the family. It'll be full of entertainment, full of uh, Western movies, shows, and all kinds of other crazy things. So, Nate, what do you expect to do this Thanksgiving? Well, Merrick, that sounds like um, a great setup for Thanksgiving. I know how much you love the west side of the country, so hopefully um, you still get some big turkey legs out there. So my plans for Thanksgiving will involve um, definitely getting together with family. I have a lot of close relatives that live in South Florida and um, my 
My younger sister is a, a tennis player on the Florida Atlantic University team, and I think she may be bringing some friends. So it's it's going to be a, a very large get-together. And I'm also planning on playing a tennis tournament over the Thanksgiving break. And that will be the first time I've competed in a tournament in about six years. So we'll see if I still, if I'm still in my prime or if I'm, I'm now just an over the hill retired player. So, um, there's, uh, there's a lot of fun to be had and, uh, also some good competition, which I know a lot of families love engaging in competition, whether it's playing a, a game of football or, or tennis or simply playing heads up or monopoly and and hopefully avoiding the beginning of world war three in the process so it sounds like quite a racket that's being had and i didn't realize that the tennis gene wasn't on you but you said that your cousin was a part of the fau tennis team too that's my younger sister, actually. Okay, okay. definitely yeah. uh, a side. Uh, definitely seems like the tennis gene will fall from you to her if you don't do well enough in the tournament. She, she will well, take up the tennis racket to avenge your collapse. <laughs> I will yes. say that I will avenge the defeat of my brother in an act of tennis. <laughs> yeah, if I didn't make it dramatic enough already, Merrick really came through to set the, the stage for excitement there. And, and yeah, I can definitely take, take comfort in knowing that at least she is upholding the legacy of tennis in the family since I'm no longer doing such a great job of that. Yep. Almost seems like uh, I can only imagine uh, uh, the Shinaka tennis, uh, tennis uh, shop. Yeah. If, if uh, yeah. Thing, things, sorry. You go first. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking that, you know, that's, that's a, opportunity in the future is uh for you all to open up a tennis shop and uh since you have said before that your father has had a history with i believe sports announcing then he could do the radio ads and you and your sister can uh sell tennis equipment merrick that's really the plan that's the that's the 10 year plan for me <laughs> so Hopefully we're able to achieve that. We might, we might need uh, my sister's professional career to go a little bit better than mine, though. So we, we get some name recognition there. Okay. Well, I, uh, here's to hoping that your sister becomes the next big uh, professional tennis player. Thank you, Merrick. While we're talking about Thanksgiving, I, I have to ask you, what is your favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving? What's the one part of the dinner that you won't give up? Everything, which is why I'm going to a buffet on Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's so well said. Yeah, I'm, I'm really into the, the one big bite that includes everything on the plate. So I agree. I, I won't give up anything. Okay. <laughs> Definitely all or nothing. <laughs> okay. So um, <clears throat> now moving on to the more charitable things that one can expect to do, maybe. Uh, every November for a while, the cursed day of Black Friday has gotten some decent successors in Cyber Monday and Giving Tuesday. Cyber Monday is a day in which online retailers and distributors have great sales for people to purchase things for the holidays. Some businesses like Amazon even start their Cyber Monday deals early for people itching to buy from them. 
It's also a day to remind oneself that our foundation can be a recipient of the Amazon Smile program where a percentage of your payment will go to the charity of your choice. When you look at your account on Amazon.com, go to the Amazon Smile link and change your current charity to the Els for Autism Foundation. I've purchased a lot of things through Amazon Smile. Perhaps you can use this chance to shop for Amazon deals while donating to us. Started by some tech enterprises, including the technology site Mashable, Giving Tuesday was made as a reminder that the spirit of the holidays is not just about getting presents and great deals to businesses, but it's also about giving to the organizations that need it. November is a month that helps present the concept of end of year giving, where for the holidays, the concept of donating your time, money, or gifts is more integral than any other time of year. Giving Tuesday is the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving, has been this way since the early 2010s. From our adult services building, which champions a population that is most in need, to our global outreach all over the world, to the way we advocate for individuals with autism, to our advisory board and our programs and services that aim to cover the full lifespan of the individual with autism, we are there. Our podcast program, blog articles, the two charter schools we oversee, and the way we empower the community through our special events and awards, we are there. This Giving Tuesday, make sure that you are there with us as we cannot do it alone. Uh, Sue Abramowski is an autistic self-advocate with a passion for helping others. She earned her bachelor's in social work from Buffalo State College in 2006 and currently holds three positions working with others who have developmental disabilities and mental health diagnoses. Sue uses her own life experiences to connect to others. In her free time, Sue is a gamer and has proclaimed herself an Android geek. She can be found tinkering with her devices and customizing them. Sue also loves animals and has had pets most of her life. Her favorite animals are rats. Let's welcome Sue Abramowski to the show tonight. Thank you. Well, Sue, it's uh, an honor to have you on our show. And thanks again for joining us here. You're welcome. So, yes. So, first of all, there's a term that we have been discussing um, a little bit on the podcast, um, but I was hoping you could speak a little bit about your experience with it. And the term is neurodivergent. Uh, and my other question related to this is how can this concept be beneficial for society. Absolutely. Well, neurodivergence is defined as a difference in one's hardwiring, if you will. It basically just means that it, that one operates a bit differently than someone who's neurotypical. And I feel it's beneficial because rather than pathologizing different operating systems, it recognizes them as a variation in the human species. And the world needs different kinds of minds. Like if we were all cookie cutters, nothing would get accomplished. Yeah, that's very well said. And Thank you. To, to your point, so when it comes to being neurodivergent, what's great about this term is that when we think about um, the autism spectrum, you know, one of the, one of the intriguing things about it is that it's, it's so broad and mm -hmm. there's, there can be such a wide array of different presentations and that's, th that's no different from how people's brains and mind work in the general public. Yeah. So this, this term, exactly like you were saying, it can, it can really help people learn to appreciate the differences um, in functioning that exist. And, and hopefully, if we think about broader society from this standpoint, it will help people to better understand the autism spectrum as, as well. Definitely. So you've written several compelling articles relating to your own experiences. What are some of the key messages that you'd like to convey to our listeners? 
Well, it's important to remember that everyone who is autistic is different from the next person. And my stories illustrate my own experiences. And while one can learn from them, another person's story may be totally different. So everybody, just like anyone in the general population, each of us is totally different to the next person. And I also feel that it is important to share my successes so that others know it is possible. Like a lot of people have these notions that if somebody has any type of disability, they might not be able to do X, Y, and Z, but I've shown that it's, I've gotten my bachelor's, I hold three jobs in the field. So it's showing that autistic people are still capable of very much. And it also helps when someone has an experience to relate to as well, so that they may learn more about themselves. Okay, um, so one of the things that I find to be very, very compelling about um, your uh, articles and the knowledge that you have given everyone is also that like many other women with autism, um, you've had a late diagnosis. Yes. And it seems to be very compelling as uh, to, you know, how the journey went and what your reaction was to the diagnosis you received. Yes. Yeah, I was it was very validating. It was it wasn't until I was 26 that it occurred to me that, oh, my gosh, I think I might be onto something here because the same thing happened with my ADHD diagnosis. I knew that I had ADHD since I first learned what it was when I was about 12, but didn't pursue a diagnosis for that until I was 25. And then I received that diagnosis. And then about a year after that was when I first started to suspect autism. And then five years later, I went back to the same psychologist for an assessment. And then that's when I was diagnosed at 31. And uh, how did you feel about being diagnosed? I felt that like I had a name to put to all the things that made me me. Like I had a reason for both my, some of my struggles as well as some of my gifts. So it just, it, I claimed it as my, like part, a big part of my identity. I have to say that I think it's very brave for you to, speak so much about your own experiences. And you mentioned that you hope that there's a lesson in there that, that other people could take away and, you know, learn from it and, and try to really use it to help them overcome adversity or just try to become the most successful that they can be. So um, we, we really appreciate that. Thank you. And so as a, as a follow-up question, because we touched on your diagnosis um, that occurred a little bit later um, in adulthood than, than what the expectation is, what, what is typical. So for, for other adults out there who are maybe starting to suspect um, that they may be on the autism spectrum or even those that have been recently diagnosed, is there a, a message that you would give to them? Maybe any words of encouragement? I would just say to trust your gut. Usually if somebody suspects that they're autistic, they're usually pretty much onto something because if you do suspect something like that about yourself, it's because you've put in the research you've put in, the introspect, the soul searching. Like people don't just wake up one day and say, oh, I think I'm autistic. It's after putting a lot into it that they come to that conclusion. So usually when you know, you know. Got it, that's very helpful, thank you. Thank you. And so last but certainly not least, why are organizations like the Els for Autism Foundation so important for the broader autism community? Well, organizations like this one provide a lot of services and resources to the autistic community, and they allow people to harness their strengths and to flourish. Like they allow people to 
basically it brings out the gifts in people. And I'm proud to be part of the advisory board and I'm grateful to have gotten involved with such an amazing team. Like, I think it's really awesome what we've got going on. Yeah, that's tremendous. And I'd just like to echo that answer and, and say, yeah, I, I agree. One of the coolest things about the Els for Autism Foundation is that there's really, there's something for everybody. There's yes. rec programs, there's, um, there's, there's job support, there's mental health, and it's really, it turns into a one-stop shop for, for mm -hmm. all these different resources that, that can be beneficial for people with autism. Definitely. So, well, thank you, Sue. I'm going to turn it over here to Merrick for his questions. So, All right, you're welcome. Sorry. Um, my first question to you, Sue, is what have you learned through your tenure in human services? Well, I've learned a lot about myself. I started in the field back in 2004. I started working in residential in a group home for people with developmental disabilities. And back then I didn't have the slightest inkling that I had some of the things going on that I do. Like I, like I said before about the ADHD, I figured as much that I had that, but I didn't really know a whole lot about autism at that point yet. Like, I don't think I even heard the word autism until I was about 15 and reading a Nintendo Power magazine. And then it wasn't until about four years after I started working in the field that I would stumble upon my revelation that I could be autistic myself. And then I also, <clears throat> excuse me, I also learned that the reason I connect so well with people who have disabilities and mental health diagnoses is because I'm in that boat as well. Like I'm going through a lot of the same stuff they are. And I find the community to be very accepting too, as well. Okay. Um, my second question to you is, how has our advisory board helped you not only to help us out, but to feel a greater sense of empowerment? I feel I'm making a difference for the autistic community and that I'm part of a team. I definitely feel a sense of connection and have networked with many prominent people in the autistic world. So it's, it's really been a great experience. And my last question to you is on Tuesday, November 29th, it is Giving Tuesday, an event that supports charitable giving. Why is it important to support organizations that support individuals with autism? This is very important because everyone deserves the opportunity to shine and autistics are no different. I feel that with the right supports in place, we have so much to offer the world. And in turn, we can show the world just why we need various neurotypes because after all, some of the most innovative minds were those of people who are autistic. Okay, so uh, thank you so much for uh, taking your time. Uh, to uh, be interviewed by us and um, appreciate you, uh, you know, being a part of our advisory board and uh, hope to uh, hear uh, great news from you in the future too. Thanks so much. Yes, thank you again, Sue. It was, um, it was wonderful having you on and Definitely looking forward to continuing to hear about the great work that you're doing. Thank you. Okay, so uh, we'll be uh, seeing you. All right, have a good one. Okay, so <clears throat> our second special guest, Everett Borslow, He's a lover of music. He has an electronic drum kit, which he has played an endless Spotify and YouTube playlist. He has even DJed the music for our adult services building groundbreaking ceremony, which makes him a competitor to me. Still, I cannot think of a warrior successor to the DJ throne. He also loves video games, especially from the Microsoft line of consoles. That and his love of music can all be conversational starters when approaching him at our front desk every morning from 9 to 1, where he's used his skills to perfect approaches to customers, all while having ASD2. Pretty soon he will take over my position on the podcast. So let's welcome Everett Burslow to the show tonight. 
I still feel like I, I kind of uh, butchered your last name, Everett. So uh, it's okay. It's Borislaw, but you could pronounce it any way you want. Okay. All right. So, uh, Nate, it's uh, your turn to ask the questions. All right. Well, first of all, I'd like to give a warm welcome to Everett here. I've heard a lot of great things about what you're doing at the foundation, and I'm, I'm very excited to be speaking to you. So, pleasure. Excellent. So, first of all, what has been your favorite part about working with the Ellsborough Autism Foundation, and what upcoming events are you most excited about? All right. So, my favorite part is mainly, you know, seeing all the staff, whether it's you know, the marketing people, the ADT people, the adult services, like I could go on and on, are extremely nice and extremely helpful. But also my other second favorite part is, you know, assisting, you know, different, you know, coworkers, you know, feeling trusted by them, but also, you know, help calling, you know, the parents of, you know, specific of the younger clients of like, hey, you know, I want, you know, to know about this or that. And I am usually like on the ball, quote unquote, with, you know, different, you know, knowing how to direct them to a specific coworker, whether it's Erin or other people. Yeah, that's a huge asset to the foundation. No question about it. Somebody to, to keep everything organized and make sure all requests are handled as needed. Yeah, I so, think it's really important. But also, you know, I forgot to also mention, uh, we have a security system called Raptor. So I, Raptor people do. So it's a security system we have, which is basically explaining like, hey, you know, to get into the L's in general, you need to have this you know, identification mainly. And mainly the guardhouse, how it works is mainly Maisha or, you know, any, the deputy, um, at the guardhouse, mainly, you know, Raptors and basically saying, hey, you could, you know, go in, go in into our wonderful, wonderful workplace and just, you know, help out. Um, but there are times when they forget or, you know, they're never lazy. So that's good. But um, if that if they forget, I usually help them out, you know, Raptoring, ask if they have a, a driver's license or. You know, that sort of thing. And also say if, say if, for example, say if they're here for, you know, Marlene, say if, let's just say someone named like John Smith, for example, is here for Marlene um, or someone like that. I usually just, you know, raptor them and just, you know, they, the person usually comes and just gets them mainly. Yeah, whenever it comes yeah. to the morning, basically, you know, outside of the security guard we have at the gate, you're basically the face of the foundation. So when someone talks and when someone sees someone in an extended period of time, they'll be seeing you first thing in the morning. So you're basically, what one can say is you will be the first person people may see at the foundation. Yeah, which I think that is a wonderful thing, you know, because especially I've never told really any coworker, anybody this, but I think I told one person this. This is my first ever job. I've never, and I'll get into that later. Well, it sounds like an appropriate nickname would be the face that runs the place. Right, yeah. <laughs> that could be your DJ name. Yeah, prob probably. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, that's that's very exciting. And what about what about events at the foundation? Do you think we we could see a video game tournament in the near future, guys? Um, mainly, yes. I've been um, starting to talk to Merrick. You know, first thing it was April. I sent him a via not my work email, my personal email about a video game event. So maybe the marketing people can do it, or maybe I don't even know. Merrick could maybe bring it up to Marley and be like, "Hey, 
we have everybody here you want who wants to do a video game event at work and we could just go from there really well we do oh, have dude. a process of suggestions so you know i we think are our little suggestion box we have upstairs yeah so you can basically put in a suggestion i mean i can do it on behalf of you but I think it's more important to, for self-advocacy's sake for you to do it yourself yeah. because then that will show people how, you know, how assertive you can be and how, you know, you can take control of everything. You can grab the bull by the horns, as they say. Yeah, which I've done that, I think, last week that I just did it really briefly, you know, that we could do it maybe start of next year type of thing because this year – wouldn't really work out, especially with the holidays coming up. Yeah, but I can uh, understand that there's like a Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter tournament you want to arrange in the future. Or maybe, I don't know, Mario Kart or something more appropriate than an ultra-violent <laughs> game. Like that. <laughs> okay, yeah. That would really fly at um, this workplace. Yeah. Maybe... On a rainy day, we could substitute Mario Tennis or Mario Golf. Yeah, or something. Like maybe Wii Sports or something would be good. Yeah, that's a good one. Although the, the bowling still still drives me crazy. I can't figure that one out. Anyways, so Everett, how has music impacted your life and helped to shape the person that you are today? So I've always been a music person ever since, you know, even when I was like little, little, you know, with like Rolling Stones or my mother, and like with, you know, like Luther Vandross and all those R&B stuff, you know? And um, so music has always been a big part of my life and it still is. It's always been a part of my, you know, existence mainly music, which is a beautiful thing. And I think especially with people that are on the spectrum when it comes to music, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful tool for um, them to just, you know, listen to music, whether it's, you know, repetition or, you know, memory type of thing. Yeah, no question about it. Not only can music be uh, a great source for alleviating stress, but um, as someone who, is involved with with studying the brain and how different things that we engage in impact our brains music can can really help with memory like you were saying it, and it can also help with the functioning of the temporal lobes um, in our brain which is is the primary area for auditory processing and also memory so I think that's that's awesome for for a lot of people to try to get inspired by music. Yeah, I agree. What so you mentioned the Rolling Stones and some some R&B. Do you have a favorite genre of music? Uh, I really don't have a favorite. I like different types of stuff. You know, my music taste and as Merrick knows, this is really eclectic. Yeah, yeah. basically if you look at his playlist I'm sure he'll have like a thousand songs and you'll just be going, what's happening here? I have no idea where I'm going today. <laughs> like, like yeah. when, and speaking of that stuff, and I'll get into it later, um, regarding one of the social groups we do, um, we do name that tune, which is one of the games we play. So um, there have been times that made Merrick like, playlist for spoken wheel for you know songs that people know or different stuff because some people in that are into either like music i've never heard of genres i'm not really into so there was one day i yeah last year when i was like hey maybe i can make a playlist of songs that are from like commercials or that are featured in movies that people are like hey i know this song when when you say songs that that some people play that no one's heard of before are you referring to merrick by chance uh no um specific uh, group members we have in that go on got it 
but it felt so close though because I have the capacity to do that kind of stuff myself. <laughs> but at least you're honest, Merrick, and that's always a good thing. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, Merrick's introduced me so, to some amazing new music over the years. So last but not least, what words of encouragement would you provide to individuals with autism that are seeking employment opportunities? I have many, such as, you know, just mainly just look around, maybe just, you know, go on one day, go on LinkedIn or Indeed or talk to, I don't know, your parents or even try. I don't know if you're, some people may or may not be into this, but, you know, going actually here as an L's, you know, talking to a job coach and like, hey, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z and then they could, you know, work with the job coach, have Zoom meetings, you know, and then they could just, you know, get to know this individual and just help them out. Yeah, I appreciate your answer because it definitely shows that there are a lot of opportunities out there. And we're in a unique time where there are a lot of companies that are aware of neurodiversity and are, are looking for employees that can bring different skill sets to the table. And um, so like Everett was saying, definitely try to just get out there and, and seek out the opportunities that are there. Uh, All right. That one last thing regarding this topic. I yes. think one last thing um, people should do, especially the ones that have um, ASD mainly are one or just mainly just, you know, talk to your family or talk to, you know, your brother, your sister, whomever, just say like, and just talk about it mainly and not like be like quote unquote shy about it. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I'll quickly say Sometimes when I when I work with students uh, in psychology who are feeling a little bit lost and maybe they're not sure about what kind of employment they want to pursue, of course it's it's useful to speak to family, but you could also um, you could try taking a personality test or you could try they even have some assessments that where you could try to figure out what type of work would be most suitable for you. So, yeah, um, and those in high school before I even had a job, mainly like simple ones, like, Hey, do you like, you know, to drive a car or do you like to work in a restaurant? Like those type of stuff. Yeah. It, it sounds, um, it sounds pretty, obvious for some people, but it, it can be helpful to help to uh, collect your thoughts and um, just try to try to figure out how your skill set can relate to different jobs. Uh, right. So without further ado, and only if he's okay with it, maybe Merrick could ask me one of his questions. <laughs> yes, well, let's turn I... it over. Okay, so uh... Here's a question. Um, how has the Ells for Autism Foundation helped you in finding work? Um, it helped me mainly, you know, first back in 2020 when, co when quote unquote, you know, when COVID started, um, I didn't really have a job. As I told you guys, it was my first job. And, you know, so I mainly came to Ells mainly in wanting to find a job, wanting to find interaction with people, but mainly, you know, for a job, you know, back in uh, when I did the WE program, which I'll tell you also about that later too. Um, we had this, all these wonderful job coaches here. And one of them, you may know her, Carly Kent, um, helped me find a job, multiple jobs. One of them was I was going to work at like TJ Maxx, Publix, and a few others. And those didn't pan out. So Carly talked to um, Marlene and you know, Marlene helped me, you know, get this job mainly. And then I had back in 
February, I had a um, interview with Marlene in the green room. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think though you're an invaluable asset to us and it's more, it's in a way more valuable that you're here with us than anywhere else. So we're very lucky to have you. Um, thank you very much. And I really, even before I started working here, I've always been a fan of this workplace in terms of multiple factors, such as, you know, the people, but also mainly, you know, you know, how you guys help the families, you know, help and their help their children and just help the future generations of people that have ASA. Okay. So, um, while you do have work through us, um, you are also you also are part of a few of our programs that we have, like we have the uh, social group for adults with ASD called the Spoken Wheel Society, and we also have our mental health support group suite. Um, would you want to explain about those programs to our listeners? Of course, and also our few listeners would find these programs really valuable. So first um, is the Spoken Wheel program. So Spoken Wheel, we meet on every Friday virtually, and there's, I think, 12 to 13 people, I think. Um, just, you know, there's Merrick, there's other people as the co-moderators, per se, and we do different things such as like name that tune. We do um, Jeopardy, many other things. So it's a really valuable um, thing for people, you know, in general to have socialization because I think, and I've always thought this, no matter how old you are, social skills have always been an important part of people's lives. Okay, and what about the mental health support group program? And, yeah, and also the mental health support group program is mainly, it's a program in which we talk about, you know, mental health, anxiety issues, different things, and it's just a really helpful program. That's all I could say, and keep it really brief. Okay, yeah. Um, you mentioned before about how you wanted to speak about the work experience program. Uh, yeah. Um, what what would you like to say about it? So, yes. Yeah, so the work experience program is a program in, in which people um, just help uh, the job coaches, and the job coaches help them, you know, get employment. Um, when I did it back in um, twenty twenty, I did the um, I did gardening. I did you know, cleaning and other things, but also not just that, there's also towards the end, they talk about, you know, social skills and different things. I'm saying social skills, you know, a lot in this podcast, because it's a really important thing. Everyone, no matter how old you are, need to um, know about mainly. Because I think, you know, and you probably know about this too, America, same with you, Nate, that, you know, social skills, you know, is just extremely, extremely important, especially since 2020 with the isolation and all that. Okay. And my last question is, why should people donate to the Elves for Autism Foundation? Um, I think mainly people should donate it mainly to help, you know, families and, you know, future generations and, er and help, you know, people such as, you know, Ernie and other ones, you know, find, you know, more research and more different, you know, quote unquote avenues we can, you know, venture in this time we're going through, whether it's, you know, I just got to say the 2020s so far is a really interesting time with everything going on. Okay. So uh, thank you so much for being interviewed 
by us. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure that my uh, co-host would like to also say a few things too. Yeah, you could do that, Nate. Thank you. Yes, uh, it was it was a pleasure having you on, Everett. And you know, thanks for your great answers. And we'll um, we'll look forward to hearing about all the good stuff that you're doing. All right. Thanks. Thank you, guys. All right. We'll be uh, seeing you. I'll be seeing you uh, tomorrow. All right. Have a good night, guys. All right. You too. Okay. Take care. I could fly so high, oh, like a butterfly. I fly into the air so high, oh, like a butterfly. A moth is a butterfly without any colors, but what's beautiful is what's inside. Maybe a moth is just a butterfly trying to hide. Well, I'm just a caterpillar crawling around. Knowledge in my head, but my feet on the ground. Soon I'll be like an angel in the sky, like a butterfly. I wish that I could fly so high, oh, like a butterfly. I fly into the air so high, oh, like a butterfly. Like a bird, I was meant to soar. I will fly through the sunlight and even when it pours You can't stop me when I get a hold of the wind In the future your eyes will light up To think that I was once a poor caterpillar Will grow up and take to the sky Like a flock of butterflies I wish I could fly so high Oh, like a butterfly I'll fly into the air Fly, cause I'm a butterfly. I'm flying through the air so high.